Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here with another episode of The Rad Dad Show. This time we welcome Murray Houndog Haywood, drummer for the band UIC out of Exeter, Ontario. Murray's a dad of three and a granddad of four, and Christian and Murray chat about the difference between being a dad and a granddad, and how his granddaughter stole his heart. They also chat about following your passion. We really hope you enjoy the chat, and be sure to check out UIC's new album, FM Hill, and their album release live stream on Saturday, November 21st at the legendary Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto. So without further delay, here's Murray Hound Dog Haywood from the band UIC on the Rad Dad Show. Okay, first question, who are you? Uh, my name's Murray Haywood, and I am the drummer for the band UIC. That's, uh, how deep do you want me to go? Who am I? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. But, uh, you also got to say that you're, you're, why are you here? You're a dad. Yes, I'm a dad. Absolutely. I'm a father of, uh, I'm not only am I a dad, I'm a granddad. So I have, uh, three boys, uh, ranging in age from, uh, 38 to, uh, 24. And I have, uh, grandchildren ranging in age from six to 13. So uh, I have four grandkids. So yeah, and and my my oldest grandson is also pursuing music. So uh, he's a, a, a fan of mine, which you don't expect. He's more of a fan of mine than my kids are. Um, but uh, yeah, no, my kids have all been supportive. But uh, yeah, so I'm a dad and a grandfather. So Absolutely, you're you're a grand rad dad. <laughs> I'm a grand rad dad, exactly. I think you're the second. You're, you're the second grand rad dad we had. Tommy Chong, I mentioned, is was the first, and so so you're oh, but, was the first. You're the third. You're the third. There. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm Tommy's quite a bit older than I am, but the fact of the matter is, is I started pretty young. So uh, my, I, 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 I joke about it, but uh, my, my oldest son and me, I say my oldest son and me, we grew up together. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was only, I'd been 20 for a month when he was born. So, wow. yeah, yeah. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think that anytime, like, I mean, uh, my kids will probably disagree, but, uh, you know, I do, uh, you know, doing this whole rock and roll thing and, and getting up and, and playing on stages and putting out records and, and uh, doing what we do to get together to make it happen uh, is it'd be easier not to do it. You know, it, w- it would be, it'd be way easier not to do it, but it, it's part of me. Right. And so, yeah, I guess in a sense, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a rad dad, not as rad as probably some of them, but uh, some people, but I think I'm pretty rad. <laughs> um, with you being a granddad, do you consider yourself a, a grand rad dad? Uh, yeah, I think my, my, my oldest grandson, because I, I also do a lot of online stuff for, for, for my job. Cause I for my day job and, and then I'm, and I'm a, I'm a pretty good golfer. So I play on this amateur golf tour thing and, and with the music. And so he's like, you got, you got a lot of presence on YouTube and everything. He goes, that's really cool. I show my friends all the time. Look at my grandfather's like all over YouTube. <laughs> So I think he thinks I'm pretty rad. <laughs> is, is there a difference between, between being a dad and a granddad? Uh, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that uh, um, I'm I'm always it's there's similarities, but I think your role as a grandfather is not that your role as a grand as a dad isn't to be in the encourager, but sometimes I think as a as the the, the dad you have to also correct and steer a little bit more than you do as a grandfather. You do as a grandfather by, I think by your actions and, and through osmosis, really, they see how you are and and hopefully that inspires them versus I feel more directly responsible for directing my kids. Whereas the grandkids, it's sort of an auxiliary uh, thing. And, and so it is a bit different. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit different, but it's cool. Like being a grandfather is absolutely a blast, you know. Uh, you, you can get them all sugared up and then send them home. It's, it's great. <laughs> so, so why is it such a blast? Like what, what, aside from from you know that you know that joking aside, aside from you know filling up full of sugar, what makes it so much better? Or not saying that it's better than being a dad, but well, I think for me, I look at it and I see. It's, it's sort of a generational thing, you know, where I look and I see, hey, I've I've now got four kids that 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 uh, uh, I've, you know, sort of co-created in a way like I created this and created that. And and then they're going to have kids. And I, I that really fascinates me. I, I, I'm a history buff. So I, I I'm I've been I like to know where I come from. I want to dig deeper into where I come from. You know, I want to know who my great, 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 great grandfather was, you know, and 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 I look at it. And so that's really cool to to see that that line's going to carry on. And 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 I just think it's it's just neat because you just see yourself in them and, and part of yourself and, and you just love them to death because you just, they're, they're a part of you. They, they share your DNA. It's a strong bond. And, and just like it is with your kids and with grandkids, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a carry on of that. But for me, it was interesting because I had three boys, right? So we never let any girls in. Mm-hmm. Right. There was, it was a, a boys only club outside of my wife. And then, and then, I have two granddaughters and that changed me immensely because I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a hard ass. Uh, you know, my kids refer, they say I'm kind of like red foreman, but, uh, I, you know, which, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a hard ass, you know, when they're not towing the line, I'm a bit of a hard ass with my grand, my granddaughters melted my heart, you know, like having the girl side of it, just my granddaughters are like, they have me wrapped you know, uh, it is a big joke in the family that my, my, my granddaughters will have my credit cards one day because <laughs> they have me wrapped around their finger. And it's, there's a certain amount of truth to it. It's just that it was a softening of the heart because I'd, I'd had had nothing to deal with with boys and girls are different. And how you uh, deal with them is different. And their emotions are different. And, and, and so that's been a learning curve, but an awesome learning curve at the same time, you know. I love that. I love that. It seems like you're you're super proud. And I had a oh, really I am. close relationship with my grandfather who passed away a number of years back. Uh, so so yeah, I keep keep you know from from that perspective, being older, keep doing uh, what you're doing uh, uh, with them. Um, what are some traits you think make one a rad dad? Um, I think that. I mean, I think that as long as you are always challenging yourself. I never wanted to be the guy, hey, trust me, I have my time in my lazy boy chair where I'm like a typical old guy watching sports. But but I think it 
to get out and do something different or to follow a dream, you know, or follow a passion, even, you know, for me, it was music for somebody else. Maybe it's a uh, uh, sports or for somebody else is something else. But I think to, to, to not fall into that sort of, I, I'm just going to get old and, and I'm going to stop doing those things that, that, you know, made me happy. And I mean, I remember at one time, if you would have said to me, you know, that, that I'd still be playing in, in UIC at, at 58 years old, I would have said, what, are you crazy? Like nobody at 58 years old is playing punk rock. Right. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that, that, you know, like 60 is the new 40, you know, it's, it, it's, things have changed and, and our fans have grown older too. So, uh, you know, so it, it's, 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 it's still possible. And so I think just being a rad dad means that you, I don't care whether you get up and you go out riding your motorbike. I have a Harley too. So, you know, get out and go ride your motorbike or do something that defies the whole stereotype of what it's like to get old. Right. So I think a rad dad. And I mean, you could be a rad dad. I'm talking about a rad older dad. Maybe I'm talking about rad granddad here, but because you can be a rad, you got to be a rad dad when you're in your, uh, where, whenever you have your kids, you know, and I think it's, and it's also, to, yeah, just to show them, I think it's really about showing them that, that, that path to, that you don't have to ever stop chasing your passion or being passionate about things just because you're dad, right? You, you still have passions. And, and I think that that's the most important thing. That's what I would think about being a rad dad is, are you chasing a passion? Do your kids see that in you? Because that's a teachable moment. That's a, something that's inspiring. If they see you at 40 or 50 or whatever, that something's really important to you that you break off time to do it and to try and do it the best you can and, and to pursue that, I think that that's a really great lesson for them as they go through life to, to, to continue to pursue. Even despite the fact that, I mean, I'm still pursuing it in a, in a sense where it's still important to me. I don't make my living doing it but it's still important to me. So I have to balance those things out. I have to make a living and I have to m make that time for the, the, the passion part of it. Right. I, I agree with that. And that's kind of like, you know, some of the bit of the impetus that we have behind doing rad dads and, and the show is like the ideas try to empower dads. Right. And, and one of the kind of common themes you, you touched on, you know, you kind of said, you know, am I talking from a granddad perspective? I think it's just a really, any, you know, granddad, dad, it's really a fatherhood type role. It's, it's one of those common themes is following those passions. That's why we kind of reach out and kind of talk to people like you. It's like, yeah, they're still, still doing it, but also, you know, they're, they're there for their kids and they're, they're, they're modeling this kind of what would we call positive parenthood or parenting. And so, yeah, you kind of sum that up, you know, quite nicely. And it's also to, you know, one of the reasons we kind of do what we do also is to try to dispel the, that whole um, bumbling dad, deadbeat dad kind of moniker, you know, that, that kind of pervades some of the popular culture that dads can't do things, you know, they're kind of bumbling idiots without, you know, their, their help of their partner and, it's like no, you know, there's there's a lot of pretty rad dads out there and doing all these these cool things and and uh, yeah, and you're just kind of testament to that. That's cool. I like that. Well, my, and my dad, I mean, I look at my dad, and and I was the youngest of ten kids, so uh, yeah. So I and my parents were like 
you know, most people thought they were my grandparents because they, they were kind of older when I was a kid. And, and, and my dad was my hero. Right. But, but he didn't, he, he didn't have anything that was driving him, you know, and he was my hero ethically and in so many ways, but um, uh, he, he didn't, wasn't doing anything like what, what I'm doing. You know, and, and so I never had that model to me, but, 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 but my dad was still my hero. And I, I guess at the end of the day, I think every dad, I mean, wants to be their kid's hero in some sense or, or wants them to look up to him. And, and I don't mean hero in a negative uh, narcissistic way. I mean, I want them to look at me and say, Hey, that was, that's pretty cool that my dad did that. Or, you know, and I look back and I say, you know, I made a lot of decisions about music and about what I was going to do with music based on the fact that I had a, a young family early and I couldn't do some of the things that I, I would have liked to do, which would have maybe furthered my career. Like I, I couldn't go out and just tour incessantly. I couldn't just go out and tour and, and never come home, you know, because I, I had responsibilities. Uh, I had, you know, to make sure my kids were looked after my, my bills were paid and all these things. I couldn't just live out of the back of a van. And, and that's a commitment I made really early on that, that family first, like my kids, my kid was number one and, and, and my first marriage failed. Um, with my oldest son is from my first marriage, um, but I always stayed close to him and 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 made changes in my schedule and stuff to to make sure that I had time with him and 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 I think it's really important for dads to be that. I think it, it is important to, for dads to to like you said, don't be a deadbeat dad. I mean, the the most important thing. Uh, with me back then, even at that young age, when I was a kid, I was really a kid, you know, I was in my early twenties was that child support payment I made every month was the most important money I spent. And I made sure he knew that. Right. So, so I think that's really important and you can still, you, you know, it's going to change your course as it did mine, but you know, satisfaction comes in multiple forms and, and I have no regrets of, of how, you know, maybe, you know, UIC could have done different things had, had that not been the case, but I wouldn't change any of it because I have an awesome relationship with my kids and, and I'm still playing music. Yeah. I never, I, I, we never became the Ramones or we never, we never made a million bucks. Actually, they didn't make a million bucks until they died. But, but, but you know what I mean? Uh, uh, we're, 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 we have our own little pocket and we kind of had our own little thing going in the 80s where we had a buzz going about us, and at least in the, the Toronto and Ontario part of Canada scene. And, and it never really got outside of that. And that's okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, maybe now is the maybe. time. There we go. Maybe go um, viral. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back. So you said that your dad didn't really model that kind of that those passions and stuff like that. So then, where did you get that? Where, where did that drive come from? I don't know, to be honest with you. Because I think what it is is that being the youngest of ten kids um, is a whole different dynamic. Because you know, my parents were. My mom was forty-three when I was born, and she already had nine kids. Right. My oldest brother was actually married and had two kids before I was born. 
So there's a whole different dynamic there because I was not coddled in a sense where, you know, when I'd fall off my bike and, and, you know, and scrape my knee and you'd start to cry and then you're looking around, you're like, nobody's coming. (laughs) You know, suck it up, you know, just keep going on. So I kind of grew up a little tougher that way where, where we were really expected to do things on our own and have some independence. And, and, and so I, I got a path my dad was, was not, like I, my dad got me playing drums. It's funny because my brothers uh, had a band. I have two brothers, my two brothers who are just older than me. One's four years older, one's seven years older. They had a band and it was the weirdest band ever. They had an accordion player and a, uh, a Hawaiian guitar. Like, <laughs> where do you get that instrumentation? Right? It's it's weird. And they would play everything from polka to bad CCR covers, you know. And and so they had this band and they were quite busy playing weddings and banquets and all this stuff. And my and, and my dad said to me one day, he said, You know, the boys really need a drummer. And I went, oh, yeah. I said, Do you ever think of playing drums? I went, no, I was a hockey kid, right? I, I'm talking, I was 11 years old. I was a hockey freak. I was just, I, I would be on the ice, you know, eight days a week. You know, I just couldn't have hockey. And he said, well, boys, do you want to play drums? I went, eh, sure. I'll try anything, you know? So we went and bought a set of drums. I took some lessons and I played with my brothers for a few years. Well, that, that kind of got boring because I would, obviously all my, they were older. I was playing with older people and all my friends were out doing cool stuff. And I was busy playing at weddings and stuff with old people. So that, that lost its thrill. And I stopped playing drums and, and my dad was disappointed somewhat in that, that I, I quit playing, but and then fast forward a few years, and and when I started getting serious about music, because I met with some mates, UIC guys, who learned how to do some bar chords, and 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 I had already been drumming, so we put this band together. And my father didn't understand it at all, because to him, the whole that music we were playing was like, what is that? That is like the the most ridiculous music I've ever heard. <laughs> so he didn't get it. He wasn't a big encourager of it. And and he never really had anything like that that he was chasing. So where did I get it? I don't know. It wasn't modeled from him. It was just it was it, for me and it wasn't really modeled in my older brothers either, right? So it was really it was really me to do the drastic thing. So when I said, I'm moving, we're moving to Toronto, they thought I'd lost my mind, right? That, what do you mean you're moving to Toronto? Yeah, we're going to pursue this music thing. We're moving to Toronto. They thought we were crazy. And, you know, I get why they thought that. I mean, they, they, we were in a small little town in Southwestern Ontario and, and the Toronto was like uh, another world for them. My parents had only been to Toronto once in their life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And we grew up on a farm. So, yeah. So I, it was all, it was, it was really at a young age, even when I was playing hockey, my father wasn't even that interested in my hockey thing. It was like, you know, he thought that was kind of, eh, eh, you know, wasn't really a big deal to him. And so I had at seven, eight years old, I was organizing all my own hockey stuff. I organized how, what time I had to be at the arena when I had an away game, how I was getting there, how I was getting to the arena, I was all on me. Uh, I, I was, I had to coordinate everything. 
my, my parents were not in that at all. It was, they paid for my registration. The rest of it was all up to me. And I was doing that at like seven, eight, nine years old. I knew exactly where I had to be at what time. And, uh, and if my dad couldn't get me there, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd walk with my hockey bag and to get to the, where I needed to get. Right. So, and I lived outside of town. I was on a farm, so it was challenging, but yeah, it was just the way it was, you know? So I was sort of self-motivated, Nice. That's great. That's great. What are the most interesting aspects of being a dad? I think the, I think the whole, the whole thing about being a dad is, is just, I, you know, that creating that version of uh, other version of you or sort of a, a offspring of you and watching my kids grow. I mean, I was very involved with their sports. I, I, I was very involved with their everything. And then my kids are now, my two of my two younger boys play music and they've been in bands together. So just being, you know, supporter, mentor, corrector. I mean, the whole thing is trying to get your kids. And I, I can honestly say that, and I'm very happy about this, that I turned out three really decent human beings. Where they go from here is kind of they're on their own path now, 24, 26, and 38. I mean, I can only do so much now and support them and help them out the, any way I can. But that my work's kind of, in, in a sense, is done. It's not really done because I can still, what I do and how I act and how I respond, and it's not always perfect. It's often wrong. Um, and I have to correct that and apologize and stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, what I can still influence them. But for the most part, you know, we've got them to where we can go and we've kind of pushed them off and said, go be a decent human being. Right. And and I think that that me for me, that's a big thing. My my oldest son is an awesome father. That's a big thing for me, that he's he's an awesome dad. And and that makes me proud because I feel I had at least something to do with that, right? That he, that he's an awesome engaged father. Um, and my two younger kids haven't had kids yet, but I think that they're both going to be good dads as well. So for me, that's really uh, about turning out good human beings and, and having them be productive, uh, decent human beings, productive to society, caring guys that are going to, uh, then mentor their kids to be the same. Right. Did you have any fears about being a dad? Did I? Yeah. I, when I first got the news at, at 19? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what? You know, yeah, it was, I was scared to death um, at first. It didn't take long for me not to be afraid anymore. Uh, I had a lot of nephews and nieces. See, right now, I currently have, I'm over 80 nephews and nieces oh. yeah including great nephews and great nieces and and great and great great nephews and nieces right now so it's crazy right so i had a lot of kids around me all the time when i growing up because of all my nephews and nieces were around all the time so so i wasn't nervous in the sense of like handling a baby or anything like that i mean obviously i was nervous about you know, doing the right thing. And, and, and that's one of the things, you know, and some people would probably find this lame and that's fine. They can find it lame if they want. <laughs> but, but one of the things that I was always proud of was that my grandkids, 
or my kids at any age could listen to a UIC record and and there was nothing on there that I was embarrassed of or thought, oh, I can't let you hear that, right? That like we were not one for dropping f bombs and and doing all this stuff, and we were conscientious about that, and and I don't think that that makes you a rebel anyway, but or or, or a punk rocker. Maybe some people disagree with me, and that's fine. Like I said, I I have my own my own way of thinking, and that's perfectly well. But I was always proud of the fact that even to this day, my grandkids could listen to our first UIC record, and there's nothing out on there that's off color that that I I'm not proud of, and that I would not want them to listen to so that's a uh something that was important to me nice. okay. you can you know parallel that to the ramones you know probably one of the most influential punk bands ever you know i don't think i i, I can't think of a song at the top of my head uh, you know where they they swear they didn't have no they don't i mean probably the the closest place that I, we came is probably you know we a couple of our songs like uh, one of our songs a live album called get red talks about getting uh, pretty uh shit faced or whatever and and the ramones talked about sniffing glue which um, <laughs> was probably you know where they maybe where we crossed over but you know for the most part there was there was nothing radically on there that that i would go oh, i can never let my kids hear that you know because i think no matter how radical you are and i guess there's probably people that don't feel this way but I think you always want to protect your kids, right? You realize there's an age where that's probably acceptable and an age where it isn't. And I, and I, and I, so I, I was always happy that we didn't have to make that dis- distinction, that it was, there was, our songs were, were, were the way they were, that, that my, I didn't have any problem with my kids listening to it. All right, well, you know, let's continue with that topic with UIC then. So current projects, you have a new album, uh, FM Hill, correct? Yeah, that's right. Want to chat about that? Sure, sure. I'm really, I am proud of it because I mean, you know, UIC, um, we started in 1982 and, and, and we were a thing until like uh, the mid nineties. I left in, in, in 1990, along with the other guitar player and formed another band called Positively Stompin', which was more of a, you know, Steve Earl and the Dukes kind of meets Jason and the Scorchers kind of thing uh and we signed to vertigo records and we put out a a really good record that that we you know did for a while and then unfortunately my the lead singer kind of went off the rails and that fell apart um but but you uic kept going to like the mid 90s and then uh then i moved back to toronto in in uh uh in in the late nineties and we reformed and called ourselves the chickens for two albums. Mm-hmm. Great, great, two great records. But then, you know, that band disbanded and then I didn't play with those guys again. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, come 2016, we got, uh, 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 and I always felt like, you know, we probably should have stuck it out. Even when I left in 1990, probably better things would have happened. We were just really frustrated in about 1990 because nobody was paying attention. Like no major labels are interested. That changed like two years later, by the way, when grunge hit and all that stuff hit, you know, we just missed it. Right. But we, we kind of bailed a little early. And, and so, I mean, when you fast forward now to 2016 and, and we hadn't done anything for a while and got back together on a whim to, to sort of do a, a thing for a, a, a friend who had passed away. And, and then 
we got back together on that and we just said, Hey, this is still fun. And we still love each other as people, right? Cause we always stayed friends. I mean, there was no animosity when, when any of us left or when the bands broke up uh, and we said, Hey, this is pretty cool. Let's, uh, and, and then we seen there was a resurgence in interest from people that were like, yeah, it's about time you guys came back and blah, blah, blah. So then we said, well, let's start writing some songs. And and lo and behold, now we come out with a new record uh, and which I'm really proud of because it's, it's actually, it, you know, it, somebody said, I was doing an interview with a guy from Quebec on a uh, CKLR radio station the other night. And he said, a lot of times bands come back and they do a reunion thing and they and it sucks <laughs> and i went i went okay i don't know where you're going with this but let's i'll hear you out and he goes this doesn't this is like probably this could be your best album yet and i go i hope it is i really that was the plan was that we would make the best album now it's a little different it's not as you know it's not as uh uh, uh aggressive maybe as our earlier records or whatever there's some different feels in there because we we've changed as songwriters and as musicians and everything but i'm really proud of the proud of the record it's still got that punk element to it but it also goes in a few different spots and it's kind of garagey and punk and 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 all that stuff all in one so i'm i'm we're really happy. It's the best produced album, like from production quality that we've done to date because technology's better. We had a bit more money than we, you know, before we were making records, it was literally, you know, it was tough making records on no budget. Now we, we kind of know more people and we're able to make some deals and, and, and finance the record ourselves because, uh, you know, we're a little bit more established now and, and got a bit more money. And so, yeah, we were be able to, to, to put together a good record. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Happy with the songs, happy with the production. Uh, it could it be better. As soon as you finish making a record and and you say it's done, uh, two weeks later, oh, damn, I could have done that better. You know, I could have wish we would have done this. And it's a, it's a, then it's a constant thing for the next 20 years of second guessing yourself of what you could have done better. But yeah, happy. It's been getting a good response. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm really happy with the record and, and I think people will like it. It's a fun record. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's, it's a fun record. Yeah. Here's the cracks. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, would you call yourself a punk band or more of a garage garage? Band? I don't consider ourselves a punk band, not by, not even by the stand. I would probably more, a little bit more back in the 80s but only because we played fast i don't even consider the ramones a punk band per se rock and roll <laughs> yeah i consider we were more influenced by the stooges and the mc5 radio Birdman. we were more in the ramones we were more influenced by that kind of rock and roll than we were by angsty punk like we were just never that mad you know, we were never that angry at anything. I mean, I used to laugh and joke even back then. I'd say, so are you a punk rock band? I go, oh, I don't know. You guys put us in whatever category you want to put us in. But I said, all I can say is that I don't consider ourselves really a punk rock band because we loved our parents, right? And, and, and we weren't that angry. So I didn't really think we were that, you know, much of a, a punk band but i mean i get the whole where we got placed because uh, the teenage heads another band that were considered a punk band that i they were just a rock and roll band and that's what i saw us as and still do is we're just a rock and roll garage rock band that that things are raw 
And we record live off the floor. It's not super produced. We're not trying to have a hit record. We're not out there trying to say, well, I need to have this sound in this way and use uh, all these tools in the studio to, to, so it can be a hit. No, we just go out and make music and, and play rock and roll. But however you want to label it, knock yourself out. So I don't really consider ourselves a punk band. Nice. Couple more questions here. Uh, do you have a dad joke to share? Hmm. A dad joke to share. Man, it's catching me off guard. Yeah, I, this one does. It's okay. It's yeah, I don't. I don't have one. I probably should. <laughs> I probably. I, I. I. You caught me off guard. You should have okay. let me be prepared. I would have yeah, had a good yeah, dad joke. Um. <laughs> Where, I want to know where the where the the nickname Hound Dog came from. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't know. Uh, it, it actually started. Fred Robinson, the guitar player, started calling me Hound Dog. The only thing that I can attribute it to is back in the '80s. I used to love a blues artist called Hound Dog Taylor. Still do. And 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 I don't know whether Fred just figured I needed another nickname, uh, uh, but it just he called me. He started calling me Hound Dog, and it just sort of stuck. And I I don't even I really can't even explain to you why he started calling me that. But it was uh, uh, it was a, a case of I, I believe it was because I was listening to Hound Dog Taylor and he just figured I needed a nickname. So away he went. And yeah. don't we all, don't we all? Need yeah. Yeah. And he didn't get a nickname. See, he was always he, on the first album. He made up a nickname for himself because as Fred, I go, Fred, if your name's Fred, you don't need a nickname because I've got friends that I call them Fred and that's their nickname. Their name's not Fred, but I call them Fred because that became their nickname. So when your name's Fred, you don't get a nickname because you don't need one. Right? But where we grow up, where we grew up in a small town, everybody had a nickname. In fact, I know people I grew up with that I don't even know their real name. <laughs> you know, and I know them quite well. And I, I have to think about their real name, right? <laughs> that sounds like my, my uncles. You know, they, I kind of grew up in a, in a small town for a little bit, uh, just outside of Edmonton. And, and my uncles grew up there. Yeah, same thing. It's it's. It's endearing. I like that. It's uh, it is. It is. And a lot of times, your nickname transcends generations. So, if your older brother's nickname was Bud, let's say, as it trickles down, you will get that nickname at some point too, perhaps. Right? Where it'll it'll be the same nickname. My dad had uh, had the nickname Bushy. Okay. And. To this day, you know, my dad passed away 20 years ago, but to this day, you know, I'm 40, turning 43 next month. I'll see people in, you know, when I go visit my grandma and whatnot, if I see them around town, they're like, oh, hey, you're Bushy's boy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, 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 yeah. Well, I have a brother, uh, older brother, who, who was a bit of a wild man, and his name was Rubber. His nickname was Rubber. And and so I hear that all the time. Oh, you're Rub's brother, right? Rubber's brother. I go, yeah, yeah, I'm the youngest one, you know, because I moved away at 22. So there's still people back there that I didn't really know. But now they know over the years, they know I'm in a band and blah, blah. And they always go, well, where do you fit in the, the, the family? And I go, I'm the last one. That's why you don't know me. I left early. I didn't hang around. <laughs> last, last question, uh, Mary. Uh, any words of wisdom to all the rat dads out there watching or listening to this? Yeah, I would say just keep being passionate. Show your kids passion. 
you know, show them that, that it's okay to be passionate about something. And, and I don't care whether that's riding dirt bikes or playing in a rock band or whatever it is. I mean, I think it's important for kids to see passion and I want my kids to be passionate about things, you know? And, and so I would say be committed to your family. Uh, stay that way. Don't be a deadbeat dad. Uh, 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 your kids, uh, being a father is extremely important. Kids need dads. It doesn't work with it, it they need dads and moms it doesn't work um uh without a a a, a good father figure or a good uh, male figure in a boy's life i mean i think i mean history will prove that and I, you know i probably that's probably the wrong thing to say i'll probably get hate mail over that but i i honestly believe that that boys need a strong a strong male presence and that doesn't necessarily that's not and that's not a macho thing that's really just a a a, a realistic thing that you know we need mentors and and we need good men and good women to be good mentors. So be a good person, be a good dad, do the right things. And, and you're going to screw it up. I screwed it up. Be willing to say you're sorry. That's important. Uh, be willing to say you're sorry. Be willing to say, I love you. And, and, and really follow, keep pushing your passion. Let your kids see that in you. Uh, I think it pays dividends. Uh, my son, you know, he's played, my youngest son has played in rock bands and stuff. And now he's, he's sort of doing hip hop stuff where he writes in his room. And, and I, I like to feel like I, I both my, my two younger ones are very into the rest of their music. And, and, and my wife is very into the rest of their music. That's how we met. But I think that that I push that passion to them. And that, that's, that makes me happy to see them uh, passionate about that. So be that, you know, mentor to your kids and, 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 you know, I can be, I have to keep myself in check. Sometimes I can be, uh, the red foreman guy and, but there's a balance there between, uh, encouragement and realistic. Right. And, and I think that, yeah, just be the best dad you can be. You're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And I'm a bit older than some of the guys too. So I'm going to give you the old wisdom talk. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, say you're sorry, you know, uh, and when you screw up and, and your kids will appreciate that and lead by example, lead with passion, do your thing. As long as it's moral and uh, uplifting, they'll get something out of it. And, and I think it'll pay dividends down the road. Right. I'm looking forward to being the, the great grandfather when my, when my grandkids say, you know, grandpa used to be in a band, you know, and, and here's the stuff on YouTube that you can see, you know what I mean? Like, that's the neat thing is my great, great grandkids will be able to see their, you know, I don't know. I, 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 all I have is old black and white pictures of my great, great grandfather. They'll actually have video of me playing the drums on a stage and, and have records. That's cool. Right. So cool. So cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, Marie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, for chiming in with us and, and giving us your perspective on being a rad dad and a rad grandpa. <laughs> well, well uh, the big, the bigger question I have, and I thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate that. This is a neat kind but really I guess the jury's still out because I can think I'm a rad dad, but that doesn't make me a rad dad. Well, so you bring it like a point. So I always ask, I always start out with that question. And I'm curious about that question. The reason I like that question so much is because I've seen 
both answers where like you just kind of said, like people are just owning it. So I love the fact that you just owned it. And that's kind of the, the point of that. It's like taking time to look and say, hey, you know what? I am doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I make mistakes, but overall I'm doing pretty good. And I don't think we do that as dads or even really maybe I could say men enough that we just kind of get excited to focus on something. We do it and we don't take time to really celebrate. And we also, the idea is, you know, I love you following your passions because it's, it was kind of my experience growing up a little bit is that, um, you know, the, the men around me didn't really follow their passions or didn't kind of, kind of do that and they kind of get stuck in these things and I I find it so important to kind of find something that you're really passionate about some people kind of call that selfish and I don't I don't see it that way I don't see that selfish at all I see it just like you presented it as being a mentor a role model you empower those people around you and if you follow a passion and something that makes you really happy inside and good inside then that's just like you know around you everyone's just going to feel that and it's just makes everything around you that much better. And so don't apologize for, for, for that. And, but, but also again, on the flip side, you know, I have, I've had, you know, you know, dads on the show where, where they have younger kids and, then, and they'll answer that question. Well, you know, ask my kid in 30 years from now. And so, you know, you being older, I think you could kind of, kind of attest to that. Your grandkids showing you off to YouTube. You're pretty rad. Yeah. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, it's all about, uh, you know, people, I don't really care, never have cared what other people think. So if nobody else thinks I'm a rad dad, I'm all right with that too. It's, it's what my kids and my grandkids think. That's, that's number one with me. So if I'm a rad dad to them, then I'm a rad dad. There we go. And you, and you saying that you never you care what people think about that makes you a punk rocker too. So <laughs> we'll let you enjoy the rest of your day. All right, that was Murray Haywood from UIC on the Rad Dads Show. Thanks so much to Murray for joining us. If you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us on Apple Podcasts or on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at, at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook at, at Rad Dads Show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads started as a community organization and you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.